strong, strong foundation. A lot of concrete was poured just to have a wall and a footing to be able just to put dirt in. It's all foundational work. You need to build on a strong foundation, which this church is built on, and it is strictly the Word of God. Everything that's taught in those four classes, you can come on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening, uh, Wednesday nights, uh, right here, right here. Very important that you have a strong foundation. Those, there may be some that have been coming to church for a long time and you've never sat through the pillars class. I would recommend going in and sitting in on the pillars class. It is a great next step for you. Tuesday nights, I'll give a plug for Tuesday nights. It's our help night. Hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. Tuesday nights are exploding. There's so many classes that I cannot begin to tell you everything that's going on. Check the liaison desk outside. Get somebody to tell you about Tuesday nights. We feed you, and we start at 6. We end at 8 o'clock, and it is a good time of fellowship. You need the fellowship of your brothers and sisters. There's lots of areas to get involved here at Covenant Church, and uh, we're thankful for that. We're thankful there's lots of areas to get involved at Covenant Church. I want to personally thank uh, Jeremy Pate and uh, Brad Gidry for handling uh, things while we were gone away different other ones who helped out, all of our volunteers, our helpers, everyone who helped uh, recently uh, with the Weber family. I'll, let's just everybody just give yourself a, a big hand because you've done a great job in so many areas. One thing I was telling uh, Brad Gidry, uh, he brought us a great message on Wednesday, and I was writing my sermon on the boat on the cruise ship and uh, once again, thank you all for letting us get away. Uh, we, we probably don't do that near enough. And uh, we get close to the point of pulling our hair out, burnout. And then we're like, we, we have to get away or I'm going to throat punch somebody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we've got to go. We've got to get away more often. We say that every time we're like, we should do this more often, you know. So uh, writing my sermon on that cruise ship, had no idea what uh, he was going to speak on. And the, on the way home, Saturday uh, morning, we're listening, coming back, and I'm like, wow. Thank God for confirmation. Thank God for being in tune with the Spirit. Thank God for moving on Brad, myself, and so many others. And uh, I know that God's going to do a great thing. I, I thank God for how he's moving in a mighty way. Amen? Amen. So, obviously, there's a lot of growth going on here at Covenant Church. And uh, I want to thank everyone again for your giving. Your giving is uh, being put to uh great use and it's not just about us it's not just about how can we help us how can we help this bit when i say us i'm talking about these grounds and this building we are planning for massive growth at covenant church we look forward to helping thousands of people online in person tuesday nights wednesday nights friday nights and it takes a facility to do that uh, we've knocked out walls and we've expanded the sanctuary uh, we're going to walk knock out a few more walls once this expansion is built and then we if you knock out too many walls the roof comes down so just know that we're very thankful for your giving we're thankful that god allowed us to buy acreage to our south acreage to our north and i have not counted that house that is next to that uh two acres out yet because <laughs> Uh, that's a miracle in itself. And the longer it sits there and the longer it gets more and more grown up, I'm like, God, are you planning something? Are you just going to give us that another two acres in that house? Are we going to be using that for a men's home or a women's home? What is your plan, God? I, anything goes with God. Amen? 
And I, and I say that because we, we're going to use uh, here in the next week, those trees are getting cut down uh, next door, and we're going to make parking over there. We've got to have more parking, more parking. It's a great problem to have. Thank God. We love you. Thank you, Jesus, for all of your work that you are doing. It's all glory to God. And uh, I love the story of how I approached that young lady. I said, will you please sell us? Please, kindly. We're a church. Uh, our children needed to hunt Easter eggs and play on. I wasn't even thinking about parking at the time. And God knew way before I was wanting to know, what, feeling like I knew what I needed to know. He was like, no, 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 that's going to be parking. You need more room for cars. Will you please kindly sell us that acreage? She said, no, 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 I will not. But you can buy these two acres and the acre behind my house and this other house that was exorbitantly overpriced because we know how prices on houses went up for a time. And I was like, well... Lord bless you. We really, you know, we're just a church. We just need some help. Three months later or so, real estate agent approaches us and says, just make an offer. Just make an offer. She wants to get rid of it. So praise God that God opens up doors that need to be open. And thankful that he also shuts doors that need to be shut. So be careful when you pray for the will of God that you don't let yourself get in the way because you feel like every door needs to be open, right? I feel that way sometimes. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need this. Open the door. Open the door. And maybe one of them goes, what? And just shuts. And you're like, oh, no, wait. Lord, let me help you, Lord, to get on my... Let me help you, God. We feel like we can do that sometimes. All right. I'm not going to get off track here today and, and be trying to preach some kind of uh, pre-sermon before the actual sermon. But I want to tell you one thing that I do want to, uh, before we get into the sermon, is we need each other. It's been made evident here recently in our own church family. We need each other. I don't, once again, thank you to everyone who has pitched in, who has helped, who has given for families in our church in their time of need. We will all have a time of need. It will happen. No one in here is going to live to be 200 years old. And I put that number high because some of you may touch a high number. But I tell you what, in the time that we are here, we need each other. And I begin to think about this the other day. We know that the, the devil goes about, the Bible says, like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. And as we were on our trip, one of the channels that we had in the room, it was a little National Geographic, and we were watching how a lion attacks certain species that to him are easy prey. But even the ones who are weak, even the ones who appear weak, they are strong when they are in a group. They are strong when they are in a pack and they're moving together. The lion picks out the one that's by itself. So don't be a loner. Don't be the one who says, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm just different. I don't want to be around a group of people. I'm not comfortable to come on a Tuesday night. I'm not comfortable to be in worship. I'm not comfortable to be around people. And I just come every once in a while. Listen, you need me. I need you. I don't want to be the one that's out by myself, singular by myself. I am part of you. You are part of me. And like Brad said Wednesday, we are a family. And we are going places together. Amen. Amen. 
Let us pray, if you will, bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your mighty, mighty word. We thank you, God, that you are moving in this place in a mighty way. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to prick our hearts. Stir us up, Lord. Stir us up. Let us be continually stirred. And we thank you, Lord, that you are going to do mighty things. Lord, let your miracle-working power work in our spirits, in our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. There's a difference between saying, in Jesus' name, and then there's, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's a powerful name. And when you speak the name, when you invoke the name of Jesus, mighty things happen. You have no idea the power when you speak the name of Jesus. All right. So one little thing I would also like to get out is it's amazing when you are on a cruise ship for a long time and we we actually had some rough water uh, to the point of my wife we've been on multiple cruises and she said I'm a little worried uh, this I'm, I'm hearing a lot of boom and rocking and twisting and up and down and uh, she was she got a little concerned and this is what happens when you're in that for a long time you begin to still move a little bit and so if i step I'm, I'm i'm prefacing this sermon today because i actually it could happen where i step and you may see me go <laughs> i it happened to me in the back of the sanctuary today i went to walk and i stopped and i kept my i just kept going and i'm like whoa lord you're gonna have to fix this real quick because i've got to be up here in front of all these people and so uh, if you see me move a little bit, I have not been in the communion wine downstairs. I've been on a boat that was rocking for a week. Anyway, we love to keep it real here at Covenant Church. We are real people on a real mission, seeing real results. Amen. It's powerful. It's powerful. Thank God that he saved me. Me. Thank God that he saved my marriage which in turn changed the destiny and the future of my boys that lived in my home and I thank God that he picked me up because I was the one I tore up from the floor up turned to the world living in church going to church going to church not experiencing God not having a real relationship just being a church kid I was a church kid my dad was a pastor my father-in-law was a pastor. Both of my granddads were pastors. And if you'd asked me, what, you going to be a pastor? Are you kidding me? No way. If you ever grow up in a pastor's home, you're like, there is no way I would sign up for that. And I went off and did my own thing, and I, I had a career, and I'm still in that, but that's okay. That'll be over soon. And I'm telling you what, I had the look. I played the part and I put on the front but I will tell you don't do like I did men if you're here today women everybody there are those that are here right now that you you're in the place where I was you're putting on a front just so it's okay it's okay we're gonna tear that down what hey you have to expose your heart you have to give of your will and your emotions and you say Lord I want the real thing. Amen. I'm tired of playing. I want the real thing. God, and say those prayers. Say it out loud. When you're by yourself 
on the, in the back 40 on your tractor, man, say a prayer. Say, Lord, give me the real thing. Lord, I, I open my heart. I'm turning away from sin. And, Lord, I need you in a new way, in a mighty way. Change my life, God. Amen. He will do it. He will answer your prayer. 2 Kings chapter 17, if you'll turn with your, in your Bibles there. I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this title, Three Keys to Survival. Three Keys to Survival. Look at your neighbor and say there's, there's three keys to survival. There's more than that, but today we're going to touch on three. 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 35 through 36. I will read those to you. When the Lord made a covenant... With the Israelites, he commanded them, Do not worship any other gods or bow down to them, serve them, or sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt with mighty power and outstretched arm is the one you must worship. To him you shall bow down and to him offer sacrifices. Verse 37, You must always be careful to keep the decrees and ordinances, the laws and commands he wrote for you, do not worship other gods. Notice that is with the lowercase g. And that's in verse 37. Uh, if Well, I, I'm sorry, I, I read more verses than I gave you. So I'm sorry. That's okay. You don't have that. All right, skip to verse 40. This is important here. This goes right along with what I just said. So 2 Kings 17, verse 40. They would not listen however, but persisted in their former practices. Pay attention here. Verse 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. To this day, their children and grandchildren continue to do as their fathers did. We had a message here several Sundays ago, and it was entitled, It Ends With Me. It Ends With Me. So I want us to pay attention to this right here. It's very important. Ladies and gentlemen, today you're here in this sanctuary. It's not by any accident that you are here. Even while they were worshiping, Lord, we praise you. We give you the highest praise. And we are still, while we are worshiping and praising, we are serving other gods. We are putting other things before God. We are not bowing down these, these times and these ages that we live in now. I don't think that anyone is actually in their living room. If you are, stop right now. But we're not looking at people actually bowing down to idols we don't have people building poles in the air where they burn incense before them and worship gods and idols and graven images. But we as a nation, as a people, have become so busy that we are giving of our time in areas where it has become an idol to us. It has become our God because it's what we give everything to. And then God is second. And we have to be careful of how much we put him second. I realize, man, you got to work. You need to provide for your family. But you don't have to sign up for every single shift of overtime the entire year because money now has become your God. There's time for family. We just experienced it. It was a great time. But we don't have to be with our family so much that we put this as this is going to go where I fit it. This is not a puzzle piece that you are supposed to just find a spot to where 
Well, this is me. This is my life. Let me see. It really doesn't fit there. I'm busy. This is me. This is me. This is my life. Where can I? I'm glad I wore this shirt today. Got a little pocket. But it doesn't fit there. That doesn't really fit. That's not. I'll, I'll put this. God, I'll, I'm going to look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I have room, God. And if I can find room, if I can find a space for you, I'll just tuck you in the right little spot. And Lord, I don't have a spot. Where can I put God? Where can, listen, he's saying right here, right here. Some of us need it right here. You need it right here. Your spot is right here in your hands. Get a grip. Hold the word of God. Read the word of God. And say, do we not remember in everything you do? Everything. This is not second. God does not, he will not settle for second best. He says, I will be number one. I will be worshiped. Amen? Amen. Amen. We vow today, God, that we will worship you. We will put you first. But even while they were worshiping, careful that you do not lie to yourself and say, I love God, I worship God, I worship God all the time. But even while they were worshiping, they were serving their idols, having a form of godliness but denying its power. So this is in a time, as you read 1 Kings and 2 Kings, if you've never read it, I'll sum it up. There's king after king after king that gets it way, way wrong. It it's, did not turn away from the sins of his, fathers, of his father, ruled six months, ruled five years, ruled one year, and just sin after sin after sin, and they get it wrong, and they get it wrong, and they get it wrong. In walks Hezekiah, and today I'm going to be preaching to you about three keys to survival, but we're going to focus in on the life of Hezekiah today. And we're looking at years and years of failed leadership. It had Israel, that uh, they are far, far away from deliverance and the miracles that they had seen. It's amazing how fast you can get away from God's grace and glory and power and miracles. We can see a miracle. We can have our Red Sea experience. And then just a few days later, we won't even pray that God will touch a headache for us. And he, you just had a miraculous miracle in your life. It is human nature. It is the human nature. When we read about this in the Old Testament, we read about it in the Bible, you need to know that it's in your nature to just turn away from God quickly. So you've got to seek after him. You've got to call after him. You've got to read your word. You need to pray. You need to fast. Go after that relationship. It was past time for them to find their way back. And so they were lost. They were lost. They were without a king that would lead them. They were tired of having failed, miserable leadership. Listen, it's important who you follow. It is important who you follow. And I will not say only in person at Covenant Church here with the pastors and the leaders here at this church. We take this extremely serious. Extremely serious. I was on vacation and my mind was here. Yes, I'll, 
I will tell everyone I'm not lying to you when they say, well, are you rested? Did you relax? Yes, I am rested. I did relax, but I'm not kidding. When my mind was here and my wife, we would sit out on the, on the deck and look at the ocean and our minds would just, we'd begin to speak and talk and we're not talking about the ocean and seashells and whatever. <laughs> we're, we're thinking like, what, what, about, what are we going to do? What about this situation? Boy, I'm worried about them. I'm praying for them. Oh, Lord, be with them. And we're, uh, yes, reading our word. Uh, I don't take a vacation uh, from my word. I don't take a vacation from God. You should never, ever, ever have me time where God's, you say, God, it's me time. I need to get tore up today. I need to go have my moment. It's been a long, long time since I really delved into sin, and I just need a good old dose of filth and nastiness of sin. Just want to get that stink and that dirt of sin all over me because I know, God, that if I'll come back to church, your grace is sufficient for me, and I'll come take me a Holy Ghost bath and shower, and I'll wash it all off, and then I want to go back over here and just roll around it and stink. Listen, we are not dogs. We are not pigs. We are humans. We are made in the image of God. God, and God says, you live for me with your whole 100% heart and give me you all the time. Not some of the time, all of the time. I've got a little Yorkie dog that I can go and bathe and he smells, I guess he thinks that he stinks. I think he smells great. And I wash him with the good soap. I don't even use pet shampoo. I'm like, man, you need some bath and body works, baby. Yeah, you stink. And I'll get him smelling good, hair dry him. And he's just, just like, oh, what did you just put on me? Because I need some stink. And our dog, he loves the summertime because we have frogs around our house or toads or whatever you want to call them. And they sometimes die and they're out in the yard or whatever. He will, I know you're thinking, what? A dog and a frog. He, it's a combination for this, this dude. And he finds them and you'll see him out in the yard and he'll find one that's expired and he's just rolling on it and he literally rubs his back on them or if there's trash we, we live next to we live in town and we live next to the ball fields and he'll go over there and find some nacho cheese and some stale candy and a, a, a sticky coke gets poured out on the concrete and he just rolls in it and he gets it on himself and he, and he, he just <laughs> does the full body shake he's all he's like Got my stink back on. Got my stink jacket. Listen, you, he thinks that he smells good now. That's, he likes that. Be careful that don't, you don't like what you are in. Just be careful and, and know that there's some others that are around you that they might not say it to your face, but they're saying, you stink. Your complexion, your demeanor, your tone, your voice, it's all coming out right here. Out of the abundance of the heart and the sinful heart, the mouth speaks. And it's real hard to, to hide bad breath. And so that sinful nature that's inside of you, and we can try to cover it up. I've got one right here. It's called an Altoid. You can cover it up for a time. But what you really need to do is get rid of it and quit taking in what is causing that. Amen? Amen. Nowhere in these notes is that written. Thank you, Lord, that you supply what we need to hear.
Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you, that you prompt us to say the right things that need to be said. Somebody here today needed to hear that. So three keys to survival. You're in the wilderness, and you, you're looking for survival. In the wilderness, there, is, there are the three rules to survival, and it's uh, the rule of threes. So when you're in a, a really, really severe environment, we're talking about extreme, extreme cold or extreme, extreme heat. But the most extreme circumstances, they say you have the rule of threes that you need to go by for survival. So in extreme cold, and you're not dressed for it, maybe there was a plane crash, and now you survived, and you're the only one. You're out in the woods. You got three hours to get a really good shelter, and you need to get that shelter made in about three hours because you can die of hypothermia very, very fast. If you're out in an extremely hot temperature, you need to have that shade. You've got to get that shelter built. So if you're going to take notes today, if you want to remember anything, just be sure you know that there are three keys to survival. You need to know it for your body, but you need to know it even more for your spirit. For your spirit. And we're going to get to that in a minute. And Hezekiah gave us a great example because he was one who turned away from sin, turned away from the sins of the Father, and he gave his heart to God. He did the right thing. So the second rule of threes is you can go uh, three days without water. So that next three that you're looking for, you're like, I have to find water in the next three days. I've got to have water to live. I've got to have water to live. Think about the spiritual side of this as I speak about the physical side. The third rule of threes is food. So you can go three weeks without food. I am definitely not recommending that you go and read your Bible every third week. You need this every day. One thing that I brought up a long time ago, we were in a time where we were doing some fasting and it was, I'm like, listen, this is a great time to learn. This is a great learning experience, teachable moment. We were complaining because we were having to eat vegetables. The whole church went on a Daniel fast. All the Daniel fast, beans and vegetables and beans and zucchini and beans and this and beans. And I'm, oh, I don't want to see another bean for the rest of my life. But even eating that right there, we were like, oh, I just need to eat. I am so hungry. And when we call a fast, even when I call a fast myself i'm like lord please are you really sure you want this church to go on a fast because i don't like to fast either it's tough and if you don't know about fasting study it it's powerful it works you will tune into the voice of god stronger than you ever have in your life i don't have time to explain all that today but i begin to think about and i told people listen you see how hungry you are you can eat a great big meal on a friday night go out have a huge steak Saturday morning, does anybody want to go to IHOP? Denny's is open. You know we do it. And you just gorged yourself the night before. Why is that? You need daily sustenance. You need it daily. You need this daily. And so many of us want to just snack. Well, I looked on my Bible app and I read one verse. I should be good for the rest of the day. You read that one verse, Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. Or you go to the shortest book in the Bible, and you read, I read a whole entire book. Yeah, congratulations, you read a couple chapters. 
Don't snack on what God wants you to feast on. If you will take this in more and more and more, what you think is a burden, what you think is a pain, what you think is hard to do, what, what you think is boring, all of a sudden it takes on a new light. And a relationship begins to form with God and, and he speaks to us through his word if we read it. If we read it. Israel was lost and didn't even know it. And so it is with many around us. Israel needed a king. Israel needed a leader. Always remember that godly leadership will produce fruit. Godly leadership will produce fruit, but is it godly fruit? What kind of fruit is being produced from your leaders? What kind of fruit is being produced from this organization? What kind of fruit is coming out of this church? What kind of fruit is coming out of this home, this house? What kind of fruit is coming out of this business? Because I say this, from a, and I learned it from a book that I read. It was a secular book. It was not of a spiritual nature. But it had a great quote in there. It says, there's leaders in this world. You are a leader. But there's good leaders and bad leaders. Because so many times when we counsel people in marit marital counseling or in s different situations where somebody wants to raise their hand and say, I am the leader and he will, um, I am the leader, and she will, I am the leader, and they will, and I just calmly sit there and say, you're absolutely right. You are the leader. There's good leaders and bad leaders. Simple. Well, I, no, oh, no, no, don't back up. Don't back up. Embrace it. Take it. You're the leader. Good leaders and bad leaders. So men, lead your family. Women, lead your family. Grandmothers, lead your family. Grandfathers, lead your family. Amen? Amen. We want solutions to problems, not salutes. So I could be given, I actually have a shirt that someone gave me. Every once in a while, once in a while I wear it. Uh, I almost don't like to wear it. I love what it says on the back. That's why I wear this shirt because it says devil. It says Pastor Jeremy up here in the front. And on the back it says because devil stomping ninja whatever uh, is, isn't a term or something. I can't remember what it says exactly. I like it for what it says on the back. I almost want to walk around like this and be like, hey, how are y'all doing? Welcome to Covenant Church. Welcome to Covenant Church. I met several people today. Uh, they probably thought something was up because I have a microphone attached to my ear, but I was out there in the foyer just saying, hey, how you doing? My name's Jeremy. That's not Pastor Jeremy. I mean, yes, I am the pastor of the church, but uh, titles mean nothing, okay? Titles mean nothing. Solutions are what matters. Salutes, hey, salutes are a dime a dozen. Salute rank. Salute title. Salute. Where are the results? Do you have a following? Do people follow you? Do you have positive influence? You have influence, but is that influence in a positive way? Is it in a positive nature? Or do you have negative influence? And they're saluting you here, but as soon as you leave the room, they're like, I cannot stand that guy. Oh, he makes me so mad. I hate my boss. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. 
Your children will salute. And then you will walk out of the room and they'll say, man, as soon as I turn 16 years old and I get a car, I am leaving this house. I hate my dad. I hate my mother. I hate my family. They're not teaching me anything. They're saying go to church, live for God. And they live out of that refrigerator drunk all day long. And they're saying, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't do like me. Don't do like me. And you've lost your influence. You've got to have the influence to make the difference. And how do you have the influence? You need to be influenced. That dude thought I was going to jump off the stage over there. He's going to do it. I can influence when I am influenced. You pray that, Lord influence me change me open my eyes help me God to change the man that I am help me to be a new creature through you help me to be a new creation creating me a clean heart why does he need to create in you a clean heart because we are born with a sinful nature we are born with a carnal mind right out of the womb we love to lie Right out of the womb. We don't have to be taught how to lie. We don't have to be taught how to do the wrong thing. It's in our nature. And so we say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. I have a will. I have my own mind and emotions. And I say, Lord, do with me what you will. Mold me. Make me. Fill me. Fill me. All the... I don't know about that. I love you, Jesus. I might even go down in the water and get baptized. But I don't know about the term Holy Spirit. We don't know about Holy Spirit. We don't know about Holy Ghost. But yet we'll go in October and we'll watch the most demonic movies you've ever seen in your life where there's levitations and heads spinning around and blood spurting out of the eyeballs and the worst thing you can imagine. But we don't want to pray for a holy reverent, mighty, powerful spirit. It's a Holy Spirit. This is not, we're not praying to a a demonic spirit. We'll go watch it. I just want to get scared. Just want to take the kids and I just want them to experience what I experienced, you know, Friday the 13th, part one. Remember it very well. Watched it in the early 80s. It scared me. It was exciting. We ran home. We were hiding. Oh, Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, I'm saying these in the sanctuary. I'm sorry. Because it is the truth. We watched it. We experienced it. We did it. And we got scared. Oh, it was so fun. I got chills. I got chills. And and we want to take our... Stop. Just stop. We went to a movie the other day. And the preview was so demonic and so scary. My entire... I was already doing it. And then I looked down the aisle. And my entire family was doing this. And my wife was, had her eyes closed and she was going, ah, la, 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 la. Horrible. Horrible. Pray that God will fill you with his Holy Spirit. We have not because we ask not. I've never felt the Holy Spirit. I don't experience the Holy Spirit. I come to church. I don't like to clap. I don't like to worship. I'm not moved. I am a stone-cold, hard-loving Jesus Christian, I'm just, I'm just, mm, 
I love Jesus. He loves me and he knows I love him. God, I love you so much. But then there's the other side of the coin where it's a man who is so big and so strong and can bench press probably 500 pounds and squat the entire amount of weight that's in the weight room. So much weight on the bar that the bar is bending. And he's at the altar and he's like, oh, God, I need you more in my life. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. And his tears are streaming down his face. And you look at him and go, Wow, what is up with that dude, man? Guess what is, man, be a man. Grow up, man. What is wrong with you, man? Get, get a grip. Oh, he has a grip. Yeah. Oh, he's got a grip. He's got a grip. He, has, he is holding on. He, has, he is holding on to God for dear life, and he knows that it is not his physical body that's going to carry him out of this world. It is his soul that is tied to God and the Holy Spirit that he asked God to come in and move into his life and fill him, has filled him up, and he is now a new man. He is not the same man that you saw walking out of the club. He is a new creature. She is a new creature. And when I said, how many of y'all were tore up from the floor up? And there's the, it's that one. He's like, man, God saved me. He saved me. Thank God I didn't die in a car accident. Thank God I didn't die in, in, in a life of sin. But I, 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 I am ready. I'm filled with his spirit. And now I'm telling everybody that I can tell. It makes me remember, and I actually got him here. Thank God. So brand new out in the foyer. This is so much. This is the best way that you can get a hold of somebody and tell them about what God is doing for you on the back side as a QR code and you just walk up to people and be as weird as you want to be. Just be, make it awkward. I'm just kidding. Don't do this. Because I say that because there's people that are like, I can't witness. I can't talk about Jesus. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Do you have a hand? As far as I know, everybody here has two hands. We don't have any that have been, but even those that have a disability, they actually have some, a, a way to grip. Do you have some eyes? Do you have some, yeah, can you just... Even if you're awkward, if somebody walks up to me, doesn't say a word, never seen them before in my life, and they go, you better believe, you better believe I'm going to be like, What in the world? Brian, come over here. Did you see this? I'm over here just trying to get some macaroni and cheese at Walmart. And this dude out of nowhere. Yeah. There he is right there. There he is. And we still over here just like. Somebody's going to try it. I, I venture to say somebody's probably going to video themselves doing it and put it online. And you're going to see people be like, Honey. Get your phone out. Scan that thing. Scan that thing. What is that? Oh, it's, it's a church. It's a, it's a worship. Oh, it was a testimony. That guy who gave me the card, that's his testimony. He's on the video. Wow. So we've got these new cards. We've got a little bit of a new look. It's the same QR code. Take you to the same thing. We change that periodically. Put some testimonial videos out there. 
But listen, you need to get out of the mode of I can't. I cannot share God. I can't talk about God. Like I said, you can do that right there and walk off. And I promise you'll probably have better results than, than anybody else does. Because we all want to talk too long. My son takes this and he puts it in the gas pump in the credit card reader. Sticks it in there and leaves it. So when you come up there with your credit card, you have to pay for your gas. You have to take out the card to put your credit card in. There you go. All right, so that's funny. I'm sure every gas pump in Rusk, in Jacksonville, Nacogdoches, whatever, will have cards stuck in them now. <laughs> titles, back to what I was, the point I was on, titles mean nothing. If you're going to be a leader, then lead. If you're going to be a pastor of a church, then pastor the church. Yeah. A pastor is called to go after the one. A pastor is called to reach out and, 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 and comfort and console and be someone who will be there for you. Oh, I want to be a pastor. I'll be there for you as long as you're there for me. No, 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 no. Because that's not how God saved and changed my life. I was not there for God. I didn't give my heart to God. And yet he was still right there saying, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. Bring me your broken and your torn up from the floor up. Bring me those. I am here. I am waiting. I am ready for you. Come back. Come back. I am here. I love you. I love you. Well, God, I don't love you yet. I'm not there yet. I hate you. Get out of my face. I don't ever want to see you again. And I don't want anybody else to have you or see you again ever. You go away. Get out of my sight. No, if you're going to be a leader, lead. If you're going to be a volunteer leader in this church, be a great volunteer lead, leader in this church. Have positive influence. Have love more than anything. Have love, 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 love. Because somebody loved you. Somebody loved you when you were unlovable. Years ago, our senior pastor came up with a motto for this church, or a vision, excuse me, a vision statement for this church. I'll say it again. And if you don't know it, you need to learn it. You need to memorize it. It's out in the foyer. It's on the wall on a plaque. Go out there after service. Take a picture of it. Memorize it. That the Holy Spirit would empower us. Why? Some people are unlovable. Some people are hard to love. So we need this first part that says that the Holy Spirit would empower us. Lord, give me some Jesus because I need to, oh, I want to love him so much, Lord, but I need more of you. <sighs> empower us to love the unlovable, touch the untouchable, reach, reach the unreachable so that Jesus Christ would be exalted to his rightful place as Lord and Savior in the hearts of all mankind. And it's a great vision statement. And I pray that God will help us all to live that, to love the unlovable, touch the untouchable, and reach the unreachable. We must be the example. Israel needed rescuing. Go with me to uh, in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 3 through 7. This is when Hezekiah enter, enters in on the scene, 18 verses 3 through 7. This is what Hezekiah was. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles, which were areas where they burned incense, incense, incense and they worshipped other gods. 
He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made. Yes, believe it or not, even Moses had made for up to that time. The Israelites had been burning incense to it. Verse 5, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast. This is the part that blew my mind. I'm on a boat in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico writing a sermon, and I, I'm, I wrote it. It's down on paper. It's ready to go. Thank you, God, that you moved and you gave us a word. Thank you, Lord, for this word, for Hezekiah and all of this testimony, and we're going to bring it. We're going to bring the word of God. We're going to bring your word. And Saturday when I'm driving home, I'm listening to the message that was preached on Wednesday, and it's hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. And I'm like, what in the world? I quit saying I can't believe it because that was my old way. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because if you weren't here Wednesday night, I couldn't text. I couldn't message. I couldn't email. I'm in the Gulf of Mexico, and I was too cheap to buy the Wi-Fi package. I'm like, I really don't even want to talk to anybody anyway, so why would I pay extra money to communicate with people? I'm glad I'm in the Gulf of Mexico with no service. And then I come back Saturday, and I'm like, it's hold fast, hold fast. The message preached right here at, at this podium right here was hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. And I'm reading this. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He, he held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. And the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. If you will hold fast, God is bringing deliverance. God is bringing victory. God is bringing you the tools that you need for survivor, to be a survivor and for survival. He is bringing it. But you've got to hold fast. I had no idea what Brad Gittery was going to teach on Wednesday. And I hear it on a Saturday. I'm like, Lord, I know you're speaking to us. You are speaking to us. And you are saying, hold fast. Hold fast. And I think God wants to say this right now. Hold on. Because we're about to go fast. We're about to go fast. Amen. Amen. Even in his success, even in his glory, he still had losses. He was attacked in his fourth year and in his 14th year. Hezekiah was attacked. I want to read to you 2 Kings chapter 18, verses uh, 13 through 16. Let's go there real quick. In the 14th year, this is uh, of King Hezekiah's reign. Yes, king of Assyria attacked all of the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So Hezekiah, king of Judah sent this message to the king of Assyria at Lachish. I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. This is someone who, this is an enemy. And he's going to the enemy and saying, I have done wrong. Withdraw from me. And I'll pay you whatever you demand of me. The king of Assyria exacted from Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace. At this time, Hezekiah, king of Judah, stripped off the gold with which he had covered the doors and doorposts of the temple of the Lord. 
and gave it to the king of Assyria. Hold up. Wait a minute. Never, ever, 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 tell your neighbor, never, ever, 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 just keep on saying ever, be a sellout. Don't ever, ever, ever be a sellout. If the enemy wants payment, you tell him, just wait a little while, devil. You're going to get your payment. You're going to get your dust you just do. You will be cast into an everlasting lake of fire and bound with chains. And you're going to get your payment, devil. The devil wants you to pay by giving in or rolling over, so to speak. I got news for you today, devil. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I will not be held hostage by fear, addiction, depression, sickness, or disease. And I will not be held for ransom. Devil, we don't pay you. I'm not paying you, devil, with my life. I'm not paying you. I know you want to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm not going to pay you, and I'm not going to exact payment with my family and my children. No, we have been bought and paid for with a price. We have been bought by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus died for my sins, and now I belong to him. I am no longer myself right now. I belong to God, so I can't even, if I want to, give you, give myself away. We sing a song that says, I give myself away, but it's not to the devil. We say, I give myself away. I give myself away. Y'all know the song? Everybody left me hanging. I give myself away so you can use me. Derek, don't play now. I'll, come, I'll bring a mic over there. I'll bring you a microphone. You know, it's... It's so funny to me that so many times people say, I can't sing, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then sometimes you kind of sneak over there next to them in the, in the worship service and you act like you're singing, but you're really lip syncing. And you're, you're like, man, that dude can sing. Man, that girl can sing. Don't hide your talent. Don't hide your talent. I will not be held ransom. Ransom means payment demanded for the release of a prisoner. I am no longer bound by sin. I am no longer bound by chains. Thank you, Jesus, that you have set me free. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ransom. You paid the price. You gave of your life that I may live and be free. Amen? Everybody stand. If you are getting baptized today, I need you to make your way over to one of the side doors, probably this side door over here to my right, your left. Make your way over there at this time. There's going to be a baptism today. The Bible says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. All right, so we've been talking about the three keys to survival, and not one time have I mentioned the three keys to survival. So now it's time that you pay attention at the end. See, we're going to just keep you, okay, maybe, maybe. Here it comes. Here it comes. 2 Kings 18, verse 3. We're going to read something that we already read. Number one, he did what was right and trusted God. Skip to verse 4. This is number 2. He removed the high places and smashed the idols. He got what was his God out of the way. He did what was right. He lived for God. He quit worrying about the newest car, the Gucci, 
the Nike, the Under Armour. He quit worrying about self-gratification and he changed his mindset and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing. And the right thing is that I give myself away. That I give myself away so you can use me. So number two, number one, he did what was right and trusted in God. Number two, he removed the high places and he smashed the idols. He made sure that his children knew that no matter what, children, God is number one in our house. We don't put God second. We don't take God and say, maybe we can roll you up and fit you in the right spot. It doesn't work. Number three, verse five. He trusted in God and he did what? He held fast. He held fast. You'll have to scroll back. You'll have to scroll down a little bit in verse 5 to, uh, to get that. I stand corrected. But I'll tell you this. He did hold fast. Chapter 18, verse 5. I think y'all have got a different version up there. I will read my version. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among him, all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. Listen to the Word of God, hear the Word of God, and then take it and, and just discard it, right? That's, that, somebody, that was a great message, Pastor. Great job. Music was good. Hey, you did a good job. I noticed that he can't hear me. Good job. That's good. good. Good riff on the guitar. That singing, you did good. Drums were really nice today. Coffee was spectacular. Great coffee. Great coffee. He does a great Trump impersonation. Great coffee, lovely coffee. I'm not going there. Listen, that's not why we came today. I came today that, and I prayed, Lord, open my heart. We prayed it together. You prayed with me. Don't forget you joined with me. You prayed with me. We said, Lord, open our hearts, open our hearts, open our soul, open our mind, prick our heart, stir us up today, God, that we may continue to be stirred and that we may receive your word. So you, hey, I know you heard it. I heard it. I was speaking it. I heard myself. And we heard it and we read it and we know it and we see it. Now we take it and we apply it. We apply it. We don't take it and go, that's great. That's going to bless somebody today. I'm going to go to the parking lot now because uh, he's been preaching for 47 minutes and 59 seconds. Now we're rolling over 48 minutes. I'm good for about 50 and I'm done. I am done. I got to eat. Yeah, you need to eat. Hezekiah later, I want you to get this last part in two minutes. Hezekiah later was threatened and mocked by the king of Assyria. Don't you know that there are leaders in this world? There are those that call themselves leaders and pastors, and they will do just like the king. He was the king. A king don't stoop down to this level. A king should be a king. A king should do kingly things. 
a king should rule in a kingly manner. But the king of Assyria, a sinful nation, mocked and made fun of Hezekiah because he was searching after more of God. And he said, I got to have more of you, God. I got to have deliverance. I need the things that I need. I need you, God. I want to do the right thing. And I want to trust in you, God. Some of you have been mocked and ridiculed for seeking more of the kingdom of God. I will say this, hold fast. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus. So 2 Kings chapter 19, I want to proclaim the prayer of Hezekiah. It's a long prayer. I'm going to skip to mostly the end of this. And I want to read you 2 Kings 19 verses 29 through 31. And this is the prayer of Hezekiah. This will be the sign for you, O Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself. And the second year, what springs from that? But it just gets better and better. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of, everybody say it, survivors. Survivors. Everybody say it with me on three, I'm a survivor. On one, two, three, I'm a survivor. I am a survivor in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you need some encouragement, if you're here today and you need the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you need someone to put their arm around you and pray with you, these altars are open. They're going to sing a praise and worship song that's going to tie right into this message. And God is here to touch you in your need. Some of you feel like you are lost in the wilderness. You felt like you have lost your way and nobody cares about you and you've been ridiculed and you've been mocked. And all of you... You just want more of Jesus. You just want more of God. And you're saying, quit mocking me. Quit ridiculing me. I just want to go to my Savior, my Father, and I want Him to fill me up with everything He's got for me. Because I'm going to tell you what, I witnessed it on that cruise ship. It was the same old, same old sinful lifestyle. I saw a beautiful lady who her husband had her by the arm walking back on the on the pier getting back to the boat and she's walking like this what a life what a life I'm going to tell you what there's something greater greater, greater, greater than this world can offer any of us here in this room and it's a one true love for my father amen you will no longer be torn from the floor up. You will be changed, a new creation. And he wants to change your life right now. So as they sing, these altars are open. You can be dismissed. Greet each other. Love each other. Let me just pray a prayer as we're dismissed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would keep your people, Lord. Protect them. Watch over them. We, we speak against the devourer that would try to come against any family member. Any family, Lord, bind our mind to your mind. Bind our heart to your heart, Lord, as we ask for more of you. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You are my champion, giant boy.
the confession of your faith and the obedience to the word of God. I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah.